why did Peter get out of the boat? Why did Peter get out of the boat? Let us recall from the story that Jesus was already coming to him and the other disciples on the water. So why then did Peter get out of the boat? We are in the second week of our series, Unraveled. And certainly, this past week has been one of unraveling in the land where this story takes place. With ripply consequences around the world felt on our campus and in our community. Amidst the seasonal stress of midterms and along with other responsibilities and worries that we all carry, we may feel uncertain about how we are to respond. Reports of devastating violence in Israel and Gaza relentlessly arrive. While exams still need to be taken, papers still need to be written, laundry still needs to be done. It is all so unboring. How do we move about our daily lives when it seems like the whole world is coming undone? I'm going to invite you to grab a Bible. Go ahead, grab one. I want you to open up to page 795. I want you to keep the Bible open as we go through the story today because you need some context to understand how we got to this point where Peter got out of the boat. So on page 795, we've gone back a couple of chapters to Matthew 13. At the end there, we discovered a series of unraveling events that led up to this dramatic scene on the water. So there at the end, verses 54 through 58, Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth. Hometown hero! Except that he was rejected. Up until this point, he mostly had been received with favor, so one can imagine the doubts that this encounter sowed into the disciples, because the disciples believed Jesus was the promised Messiah, the king who would deliver them from the thumb of the Roman Empire. Despite healing the sick and raising the dead, though, many of Jesus' teachings had offended people. Things like, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Well, they did not fit into their ideas of what freedom looked like. When his own neighbors greeted Jesus' return with scorn, it is no wonder if doubts started to creep into the disciples' minds. If you turn the page, immediately after this encounter, they received terrible news. King Herod, the Roman lackey who ruled over the region, had executed John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. Now what led up to the shocking death was a warning for people who dared speak truth to power. King Herod had been sleeping with his brother's wife, Herodias. And John? John was not shy about telling him that they were breaking the law. To shut him up, the king arrested John, and then Herodias took it one step further by demanding John's head on a platter. It was a chilling message to those who would challenge the king. And of course, a devastating loss to Jesus and his disciples. We look on. Jesus goes away on a boat to grieve. And when he came back to shore, over 5,000 people with desperate needs were waiting for him. 
By the time he had healed the sick, it was late in the day, it was evening, and the disciples suggested it was time to send the crowds away. Go get their supper. The disciples were exhausted, still in the thick of their anguish, and it was not an unreasonable request. When Jesus responded, you give them something to eat, they were likely at their wit's end. As they protested, they only had five loaves of bread and two fish. There was no way they could feed over 5,000 people with that. And then a miracle unfolded right before them as Jesus took their meager offerings and transformed it into more than enough for everyone. This brings us to today's scripture passage. It gives some context to the disciples' state of being when Jesus made all of them get into a boat and leave while he stayed behind to dismiss the crowds. As the boat drifted further from shore, the wind grew stronger and the loneliness of the midnight hour pressed in on them. Anxious questions of what does this mean and what now kept them from resting. They were becoming unraveled by their uncertainty, no longer sure if what they had gotten themselves into was where they were meant to be. By the time they spotted the figure in the distance approaching their boat in the middle of the lake, they were completely overwhelmed and terrified. Everything was coming undone, and Jesus was nowhere to be found. They cried out, it is a ghost with wailing prayers begging to be saved. And it is in this moment, midst the cacophony of their howls, the roaring sea and shrieking wind, that a voice calls out to them, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And it is just enough to break through Peter's panic and stir him to listen. He thinks he recognizes the voice, but he is uncertain. And maybe, just maybe, it is that agonizing uncertainty that made him feel there was nothing to lose, that he just needed to do something and not be stuck in mind-numbing paralysis with endless wondering while doing nothing. So he said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. These words that Peter said, they echoed a promise that Jesus had given to his followers in Matthew 11, if you want to look there, verses 28 through 30. It echoed these words from Jesus. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. It was as if Peter was saying to Jesus, did you really need it? Then prove it, because everything is going to hell right now. By the time the voice responds, come, Peter is done waiting, and he steps out of the boat. Now maybe it would have been a triumph of faith if Peter had walked along the sea all the way until he reached Jesus. But that, thankfully, is not what happened. While his first steps were met with water that seemed firm as ground, as soon as he was out of reach from the boat, Peter suddenly remembered the very real vulnerability of his circumstances. They were still far from shore. The wind was still shrieking, and all of his doubts, they were still there. 
As his fear came crashing back, his body sunk into the churning waters, and so he cried out again, Lord, save me! Jesus instantly reached out his hand and caught him. And with a gentle chiding, reminded Peter that he was right there with them as they got back into the boat and the wind died down. Now, the disciples responded by worshiping Jesus. And yet this would not be the last time that Peter and the others would be overwhelmed by their doubts and their uncertainty. This story about one of the most well-known followers of Jesus, I think is a great comfort, especially for those who find themselves unraveling from uncertainty. It reminds us that faithfulness to God is not about being certain. Peter and the other disciples began following Jesus because they were convinced that he was the Messiah, the one who would deliver Israel from the Roman Empire. But then Jesus started talking about how he would be killed and that those who wished to follow him should deny themselves and take up their cross. Their vision for the future, the one that they were so convinced about, it began to unravel into uncertainty. In the past few years, visions for our future have also been unraveling. With the pandemic, climate crisis, political chaos, wars around the globe, what can we hope for that does not seem foolishly naive? And as violence escalates in Israel and Gaza, with the humanitarian crisis becoming catastrophic, we may wonder if there is anything we should or could possibly do, or whether to just keep focused on our own problems. Lord knows, that's plenty. Maybe our minds spiral when we think too much about it, so we opt for numbing out on TikTok, or maybe we just keep ourselves overly busy. Faced with the call from Jesus to become peacemakers, to love our enemies, to take up our cross, well, it may feel like our faith unravels into uncertainty. That seems impossible in a world like ours. And yet, and yet, Peter stepped out of the boat into the impossible. He stepped out into the impossible, and that is instructive for us. Could it be that in our most uncertain moments when the rays are roaring and the wind is shrieking and doubts threaten to drown us, could it be in that moment is exactly when we should dare to take a step out of the boat because Jesus calls for us to come? Might we realize, even as we're sinking in the water, that it is not us who has to be certain because Jesus reaches out to us and offers his yoke so that we can learn from find rest for our souls. What this story reminds us is that following Jesus is anything but practical. Instead, it is a wild adventure with uncertain outcomes. The promise is not that we will be safe. The promise is that God will always be with us, no matter what storm we find ourselves in. We do not have to be certain but we do have to take a step when Jesus calls us to come. 
We have to dare to proclaim peace as the path forward, especially when powers claim that violence is necessary and justified. We have to dare to extend mercy, especially to those others have declared beyond redemption. We have to dare to insist on grace, especially when vengeance and retribution are the automatic reflexes being deployed. When we take these kinds of steps of faith, it is likely, in fact, I pretty much guarantee that there will be moments when we are overwhelmed by the magnitude of what is broken, by the number of people saying it cannot be done. But Jesus is all about the impossible, and he will be there to catch us for we do not take these steps alone. Friends, the good news about being unraveled by uncertainty is that we then can become open to the possibility of trusting God with our whole lives instead of thinking that we can control it on our own. It also means that we are liberated to trust that God is indeed at work in our world, even if we cannot see it. We do not have to have it all figured out. We only need to take a step. And one step is something that we can all do. That might mean simply just getting up tomorrow to meet the day ahead of you, even as things continue to unravel. It may look like spending an hour educating yourself and then praying about what is happening in Israel and Palestine right now. It might mean doing an act of love for somebody that you care about and maybe even somebody that you do not like. Even as our knees are shaking and everything tells us to stay in the boat and do nothing, Jesus calls out to us saying, Come, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid, for I am here with you. So friends, let us take a step of faith together.